God, I'm super excited about today and uh, moving into the summer. Uh, there's been a series that we've been wanting to do as a church since before even COVID hit, and it just didn't feel like it was right. You know, we, we try to see where God's leading us in our series and, and what we preach on, and it just didn't feel like it was the right time, the right moment, but it feels like it's the time, it's the moment. And so uh, for a long time, at least 12 weeks, we're going to be talking about avoiding the drift. And there's times in our life where we just seem like we're drifting, right? There's times in our life where we just seem like uh, we are out in the middle of the ocean, like this. <laughs> we're just out in the, where is land? How did I get out here? What on earth happened for me to get out here? And we're talking uh, for the next 12 weeks about how we can avoid getting in the drift um, and the drift in our relationships and the drift in our finances or the drift in our spirituality, uh, these things that we tend to drift so often in. But I want to talk to you today about what happens if you're already there. What do you do if you're already drifting, if you're already in a storm and you don't know how you got there and now you're wondering if you're going to survive it? I want to tell you a story about uh, a freighter I'm going, to, I'm going to get this name wrong because it's Japanese. Um, in 1813, it was like a day like any other. Uh, this freighter, the Tokujimaro, I probably said that wrong, but it's, it sounds right, right? <laughs> the Toku, you can't see it, so it's all good. The, I could have it was the Fred. The Tokujimaro uh, and its crew of 14 men set out to transport soybeans to the city of Edo, which has become the present-day Tokyo. And when the ship was caught in a massive storm, it pushed the, the, the ship away. The storm damaged the ship's mast and set them adrift. With no way to harness the wind, they were at the mercy of the Pacific Ocean's currents. And so very quickly, the crew exhausted their supply of food and water. They began starving and surviving entirely on captured rainwater and the large stores of soybeans. I hate soybeans. I couldn't imagine having to live off soybeans. And the ship's hold. After several months, members of the crew began suffering from scurvy due to lack of the nutrients. And one by one over the months, the crew started dying. Sounds like a good story, right? And while the Tokujimaru drifted further and further away from home, but after more than a year adrift, can you imagine being on the ocean for a year? After more than a year adrift, only three people were left. The captain, Jakuchi, the two men of the crew, Otakichi and Hanbi. All three were suffering the effects of scurvy and likely close to death when their ship was discovered off the coast of California in 1815. Can you imagine from Japan all the way to California drifting? The three Japanese sailors became the first people from that country to set foot on the American shores. Can you imagine that? And I'm sure they didn't plan on being there. <laughs> and they had drifted over 5,000 miles and they were lost for sea, get this, 484 days and survived. Even today, they still hold the world record for the longest time adrift at sea. And maybe today you feel like you're on the Tokamajaro. You feel like you're, you're Captain, whatever his name is, Takuchi. <laughs> it's probably wrong, but you feel like, that. It's like, you feel like you've been drifting for years and years. You don't know where land is. You feel like, man, it's just like life has no purpose. Life has no meaning. I don't know what to do right now. I want to tell you today that 
the thing that you're going through, the, the moments that you're drifting in, that God can still use you in those moments, that God still has a plan for you, even in the drifting. And more than that, even in the storm that you're in right now, well, I want to pray. I just want to open up in prayer and then get into the passage this morning. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, for meeting us today, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are perfect, even though we're imperfect. God, that you speak louder than I can. Lord, I pray that you would open the ears to hear and the hearts to receive. God, open my mouth to speak. God, help me to hear you and to see where you're going today. God, we surrender it all to you, God. This message, the day, it's all yours. It's your church, it's your people. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. We thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I hope that through the rest of this series, I don't have the passage for you guys up here, but you can look it up. It's Isaiah 30, chapter 21, that we get to believe this, that we understand this. And it's this, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the left or to the right, walk in it. I pray that after these 12 weeks that we're walking through this series, that we can truly get to that point where we can hear the voice of God behind us telling us, this is the way, walk in it. And so we're looking at our lives through a scriptural basis. And how do I live my life according to the biblical principles in order for me to live the life that God has asked me to live? But what do you do when you're caught in a storm? What do you do when you're drifting? How do you come back from that? Well, I want to tell you a story. It's a story of Paul. Paul, he didn't drift for 484 days, but he did drift for 424 miles. Paul drifted from a place where he was supposed to go, and he ended up on a total different island. He wasn't supposed to be there, but, but something happened in between his journey from the Mediterranean up to he was going to Rome. He didn't quite make it. A storm came and blew him off course. And today, maybe some of you really feel off course. Like you woke up this morning, and it took, it, was, it took a lot longer to get here than you thought, because I'm looking out here, there wasn't very many people here when we started. But, you know, and maybe you, you graduated high school, and you thought it was going to be this way, and now it's no, it looks nothing like you thought your life was going to look like. Maybe you graduated college, and now the jobs aren't coming. It's like the careers aren't there. The things that you thought were going to happen aren't there. Maybe you got married, and man, it's just not the way I thought it was going to be. Maybe you've lost a job this year and you're looking for hope. Maybe you're in the midst of a storm and you feel like God has forgotten you. I want to open this passage up to you. It's Acts chapter 27. If your Bibles, you can turn there. Paul, like I said, he was on his way to Rome, but God had another plan, a good plan. And so now when the south wind blew gently, supposing they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to shore. But soon, a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Cuda, we managed with difficulty to secure the boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to gird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground on the Sirtis, they lowered the gear and thus were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, They began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest laid on us, all hope of our being saved was lost. 
was at last abandoned. Man, I don't know about you, but we have those times where we, we feel like the winds are good. We look out, it's smooth sailing. This, this is the time to step out. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to take this journey. And then, bam, like immediately a wind comes or a storm comes that seems to blow you off course. And Paul, even if you go back and read uh, earlier in, in Acts, he tells these people, don't leave. It looks good, but don't leave. I'm telling you, if you leave, it's going to be bad. But they didn't listen to Paul because he's a prisoner. You don't listen to prisoners. What do they know? They just don't want to go to Rome. And so they set out, and then guess what? The storm happens. And get this. It wasn't until they got to the point where they had no hope that they started to listen to Paul. Because it says in verse 27, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, it's clouds all around. Some of you right now, it's just clouds all around. You can't tell night from day. You don't know what's going on in your life. But right now, I want to tell you, all hope of your being saved, it was lost. Their hope of being saved was last abandoned. They gave up. It's like, we can't save ourselves. What do we do? And I'm telling you, when you get to that point in your life, when you get to that point in your life where there's no hope, like everything that I've tried, everything that I'm trying to do is abandoned. You tossed everything overboard thinking that it's going to save you. And now you're stuck there and you are at the mercy of the storm. What do you do in those moments? I'm telling you, that's where God wants you. That's where God has you right where he wants you. When you get to that point, when you hit the very rock bottom, that's when you start looking up. Because so many times when we have storms, we're looking around at the storm. We're looking around at, at the options of how we're going to get out of this storm. But I'm telling you, it's when we encounter those storms in our life that we start to look up at God. And we say, God, you're my only hope. You're my only way out. And I'm telling you, that's when you're ripe for a miracle. That's when you start looking up to God instead of looking around. And that's when you start listening to what God has to say, just like these men. So in verse 21, these men that were, the, that were on the ship, they started listening to Paul. And so they had been without food for a long time. Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and occurred this injury or loss. Here's, here's Paul. I told you, I told you so. Next time you'll listen to me, right? But now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. And here's how he knew this. Verse 23, for this very night, there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. Did you get that? For whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, don't be afraid. Paul, you, he said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all of these who sit with you. So take heart, men. For I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told. You must run aground on some island. What made Paul have confidence to come to these men that wouldn't listen to him before? It was this angel that came to him and told him what was going to happen. And I love Paul's response. And this should be our response when we have a storm in our life, when we're drifting. This should be our response. The God whom knows me. The God who knows me. The God whom I know. That, that's, that should be our response. For this very night stood before me an angel to whom I belong. Do you belong to God? Do you belong to God? Do you believe that you belong to God? Or do you think you belong to God? If you know it, 
That's going to be your anchor when times get hard. So it doesn't matter how hard the wind blows. It doesn't matter what's going on. God is, he's yours. You're his. What can stop that? What can shake that? It doesn't matter. In a wavering situation, in a, in a, in a ship that's being tossed to and fro, nothing will keep you from being shaken because you understand who you are. Are you unmoving when storms come? We can say, yes, Lord, this is bad. The situation's awful, but I know I'm yours. I know I'm yours. You know, what can happen? I was talking, we were sitting around the campfire yesterday before it rained with some men. And the guys were just going around telling their stories. And, and is it okay if I share this story, Henry? Uh, Henry told a story when he was a police officer in 1978. Uh, he said uh, he was, if I mix the story up, it's okay, right? <laughs> It's secondhand knowledge. But he was saying that he was a police officer. He was going to a call, and it was the wrong address. But as soon as he walked down the alley, this guy jumped out. Bam, 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 bam. Five shots straight at him. Every bullet missed him. And he said, it's, it's like the guy shot, all five shots missed him, dropped the gun, said, I'm sorry, turned around and did this. <laughs> and Henry said, that day, I learned I could trust God with everything, basically. He said, that day, I don't have to worry about nothing else. What do I have to worry about? It's like this guy, was, his intent was to kill. But immediately, the Lord stepped in. You see, if you know who you are in God, you can stand up to anything and not have to worry about it. And I was talking to somebody else today, and they was like, man, I've been through so much. God has got me through all that. I don't have to worry about these small things. I don't have to worry about it. I know the end of the story. And it's when we go through these storms in our life that God builds us and works on us and, and keeps us strong and he makes us who we are. It's, it's us understanding to whom we belong. And so verse 27, when the 14th night had come, as we were being driven along the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that we were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little further on, the, on they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. Have you ever been in such problem that you just pray for the next day? That was yesterday, today, maybe. <laughs> and as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in this ship, you cannot be saved. These men thought they were going to do the right thing. They were going to jump in the lifeboats, haul out, put some anchors down so they don't run aground. But Paul said, if you guys do that, you're all going to be lost. You better stop them. And they listened to Paul this time. <laughs> and then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. Man, maybe you are caught in a storm and you want to do what you feel like you need to do to get out of it. I'm telling you, maybe that storm in your life is God moving you to where he wants you to be. Yes. Maybe the problems that you're going through right now is God pushing you closer to where he wants to take you. And I think so often we get in the middle of a storm and we get in the middle or we, we find ourselves drifting and think that there's no purpose in it, that God's mad at us, that God's doing something against us. Nothing. Paul didn't do anything wrong. He was simply preaching the gospel. He got arrested. He was put on this boat. 
It wasn't anything that Paul did wrong. And I think, man, we as people, we can point fingers at people so often. Right? It's like, why are you on that boat? You did something wrong. You're going through stuff because of this. But I'm telling you, we need to understand that sometimes we're just in a storm. But God can use that storm for something good. And maybe that storm is in your life to push you closer to where you are going. And you're trying to get out of it. You're trying to escape. You need to pay attention when storms come in your life. Because often, I, I understand this in my life, when I'm, when I'm under a storm or I'm, there's something in my life that's not right, it's usually the Lord telling me something or trying to show me something. And in your life, I know it's the same thing. But we get fearful. We get afraid and we try to escape. I'm telling you, we need to cut the ropes and let God take us where he wants to take us. Stop trying to run from God. Stop trying to run from his plan for you. It's a good plan. You got to trust it. Paul didn't know what was going to happen. He just said, God told him, you gotta, you're going to wash up on this shore. Trust in his plan. Don't bail out when it gets hard. Don't look for another way out. I'm telling you, God's plan is to grow our faith. And more than that, bring people to him through us. And so they cut the ropes. They're, they're, they're at the mercy of the sea. And then verse 33 says, As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from your head of any of you. And when he said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God, in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We in all were 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. And now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship, as ship ashore. That's a mouthful. <laughs> to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea. At the same time, loosening the ropes, they tied the rudders, then hoisted the foresail to the wind that made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow struck and remained unmovable, and the stern was being broken apart by the surf. And so here's what happened. The boat's being lost. We, got these, we have these prisoners in my boat. What am I going to do about it? And so the soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners. Who was the prisoner? Paul. Can't let them escape. At least they should swim away and escape. But the centurion... Wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to the land. With this story, we see that God is often pushing us to the place that he wants to go. God had an assignment for Paul on this island. This island was the island of Malta. And on this island, Paul gets to the island and that whole island gets saved because Paul was there. Paul was not, uh, it wasn't his idea to be there. It wasn't even on his agenda. It wasn't on his itinerary. When he left, he's like, I'm going to Rome. I'm going to go talk to Caesar. I'm going to tell him about Jesus. But along the way, God pushed him to Malta. God made him land on that island. And I'm telling you so many times, you think that you're there uh, where you're at uh, and it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, God may have put you there where you're at right now for a reason and a purpose. Wherever you're working, at your job, God put you there. God had you there for a reason. He had you there for a purpose. He has put you in that place 
to have people know Jesus. And I love this. Right before the boat crashes, this is what Paul has everybody do. He's like, okay, guys, calm down. Let's calm down. You're all freaking out. Calm down. Uh, you haven't eaten 14 days. Let's sit down and eat. Let's sit down. It's time to eat and gain your strength. And I'm telling you, for some of you, it's time for you to gain your strength in this moment and get ready for the place that he's sending you. You're here right now because God is giving you strength for the future. You're here right now because God has another plan for you in the future. These men had to swim in the ocean. And if they're weak and they're tired, they're going to drown. And Paul says, hey, you got to eat. You got to build up your strength because we're about to hit land. And so um, for us, man, we just got to understand this. We get so weak because we don't take time with God. We don't come to the spiritual bread. We don't come to the spiritual drink. And we're walking around too weak. And when a storm comes, we drown. Because we're not built up. We're not strong. We're not ready. We got to we got to eat. <laughs> we got to eat. We got to stop just physically eating. We got we to gotta spiritually eat. Man, you've been so worried about the storm when you should be more interested in where it's taking you. Some of you right now, you're just, oh, the storm's so bad. I don't know what's going on. And that's all you're seeing is the storm. All you're seeing is the negative. All you're seeing is, is what you're going through and the pain that you're experiencing. But when you look on the other side of that, ask God, where is this storm taking me, God? Where is this storm taking me? Where, 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 are, you, where are you drifting me to? Because every time we drift is, is not a bad thing. Maybe God's pushing us to a new place. Like I said, Paul didn't plan on crashing on this island, but God had another plan. The storm isn't there to destroy you, but to move you. And so many times, guys, we fight the storm. We try to drop anchors. We try to do everything we can. But we got to give away. We got to let God be God. And so here's some things that a storm in your life looks like. Number one, frustration. Are you frustrated? You know, you're doing all that you can. You're doing everything you think you're supposed to be doing, but you're still finding frustration. Holy discontentment. Holy discontentment. Are you just discontent where you're at? It's not a bad discontentment. It's just like, uh, I'm just discontent. I, 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 I don't feel like I'm not getting filled anywhere. <laughs> There's a holy discontent here. Maybe God's telling you it's time to move. Maybe God's telling you it's time to do something else. Opposition. Sometimes God will send opposition, believe it or not, to move you because you're stubborn. You don't want to move. And God's, it starts as a gentle breeze. <laughs> and then he, acquire, he puts as much force on you as he needs to to move you, even if it's a hurricane. God sends storms in our life to move us. We need to get ready where God takes us. I'm going to, I forgot my rock over here. I saw somebody this morning and I'm like, I usually don't carry a rock around. A lot of you know the story of this rock. Um, I'm just going to shut that. 2017. Uh, it was actually 2012 is when I felt called to 
planted church, but 2017 is when it really felt real. I went to a conference and in 2017, he had these rocks up on the altar and he said, I want you to go to that, go up to the altar, grab a rock and write down something on that you feel like God has given to you and wants you to do. And so I'm like, man, I really feel like I want to plant a church. And I just felt really, it was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And so I went up there, I grabbed a rock and I wrote on their church plant. It's the same rock in green, <laughs> in green expo. Well, it's not, ex- yeah, whatever the permanent marker is. Sharpie. Sharpie. And I prayed over this rock. I cried over this rock. <laughs> and I, I prayed some more and I, I picked the rock up. I'm like, God, this is your church. Man. You're going to make this happen. I know it. I know it. And so I started putting in the steps. I started doing all the work. I started doing everything I could. And, and uh, you know, I even came to, to this church when I was on staff here. And I'm like, hey, guys, I really feel like God's calling me to plant a church. Will you help me do this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's do what we can. It's like, all right. And, uh, uh, and so I was moving full forward. I was talking to people and I was putting things in motion and going to conferences and going to all these church planner activities and things uh, where they tell you don't do it. <laughs> it's like, uh, but you know, I was going and I was trying to do it on my own and I just kept getting frustrated and I just kept getting discontent and everything started falling apart. And I'm like, God, do you not want me to do this? Is that what you want? You, do you just want me to give up and, and quit and, and to stop believing and the thing that you told me that I was going to do. And so I, I got mad at this rock. I wanted to throw it. Throw it away. Get rid of it. I thought it was never going to happen. And, uh, and then in 2019, when the senior pastor, my spiritual father, had left here, he asked me if I could pastor this church. And I told him no. I was like, no, I don't want to pastor this church. I'm, gonna, I'm planning a church. This is my rock my pet rock. It's my, it's my plan. It's what I want to do. Like, no, I know God called me to do this. And so I told him no. And he kept bothering me with it. And I'm like, well, I said, let me pray about it. So I took a month off and just the sabbatical. And uh, during that time, I really, I mean, I prayed. I was asking God for signs you know, I'm like, God, if it rains on this side of my house, then I'll, I'll pastor that church. If it doesn't, then, you know, I'm like, I'm like, God, I'm that stupid. I need, I need something visual, you know, do a sign, you know, take this church. And well, that never happened. But what did happen is while I was praying, God said, I felt like he just told me, if you take this, if you take this and you honor me with it, and it's all about me, then I'm going to honor you. If you take this, I'm going to be with you. And, and, I, and I told him, like, God, okay, if, if I take this church, then it wasn't my plan. But if you're not with me, I'm, there's no way. There's no way. And so, you know, I told him, I was like, okay, I was like, let's do it. And I was hoping they would not vote me in, but it was unanimous. <laughs> and uh, I was like, <clears throat> that's that one. And then, uh, on that day I got voted in, I was like, you know, I've had this rock and I've prayed over this rock and I, you know, played over the church plant that God had called me to do. And I said, maybe God's planting me because I'm the church. Maybe God's planting me. Maybe my idea of what God wanted to do was off. Maybe my, maybe my vision was too small. And I think for a lot of us, our vision 
is too small. Because here's what's happened. Within the two years that we've been here, we've already planted one church. Amen. You know, and I feel, I feel it in my spirit. It's time to, to, to do another one. It's time to launch out something else. And I've been praying and we've been praying, God, send people that are hungry to go out and to, and to make disciples and to make churches. I feel like, man, Iron Faith is doing awesome. There's 60, 70 people there every week. Yeah. And, you know, they're their own culture. They, you know, and Pastor BJ is doing a marvelous job there. And it's just what God does. When you just allow him to be God and stop trying to fight and stop trying to make your own thing. Because I think so many times we, we make our plans, right? But we know what scripture says about that. But the Lord directs our steps. This rock <laughs> is, is a dream that I thought would never, never come to fruition I thought I just gave up on it, but God had another plan. Just like Paul, God had another plan. Um, Paul, you're still going to go to Rome. It's just not going to be the way that you think it's going to be. I have, I have a pit stop for you. I have somewhere that I need you to go. I have an assignment for you where you're at. And I'm telling you, many of you guys have come to a place where you don't know why God threw you on this island. <laughs> and you feel like you don't have a purpose. But I'm telling you, God, in that island, wherever you're at, in that seclusion, God is growing you. He's shaping you. He's molding you. He's helping you become who you need to be for the next step. Because if your character isn't grown to the point of that next step, it's going to slip back. I think so often we ask God for things that our character can't keep. And if I would have planted this church in 2017, I probably wouldn't be in the ministry to be honest, because I was stupid. I was, I'm just, I was, I was stupid. I thought, you know, I was, I know everything. <laughs> you know, I know, I know how to do everything. You know, all these other guys are doing it wrong. I know what's up. God had to work a lot of things out of me. God had to pull a lot of weeds out of my heart. You, you got to surrender to God. In the storm, you got to surrender to God. You got to cut the ropes, man. You got you to rip off the anchors and say, okay, God, where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? I'm going to go. Because I know you got a plan. I know you got a purpose. And it may not be my fault I'm in the storm. It may be your fault you're in the storm because you did something stupid. But God can still drive you to the next place. God can still send the winds of the Holy Spirit to move you to the next place. So I want to tell you today, you got to trust God in your pain. And maybe there's some of you today that... Man, you just, you feel like you're in the middle of a storm and you don't know why the winds are getting stronger and they're getting stronger and they're getting stronger and you feel like the, the boat you're on is about to rip apart. Give way to God. Let him carry you where you, he needs to take you. Let him, let him shipwreck you on the right place. You know, some of us got to get wrecked <laughs> before we get right. A lot of us, I had to get wrecked before I got right. And maybe God's shipwrecking you for a reason. Maybe God's moving you for a reason. Amen. Hey, Christian, if I can get you to come up. If I can get the, the prayer team to come up too as well. You know, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know where the storms of your life are. I don't know how bad you've been drifting or how long you've been drifting. You may be 
You feel like the guy's been drifting out for 484 days. You may feel like you're drifting out for 484 years. Your whole life may feel like you're drifting. Your whole life may feel like a storm. And it's been one storm after another, after another, after another. Maybe you need to ask God, where is he taking you? Maybe you need to reflect on the Lord. Stop looking at the storm. Stop looking at everything that's going on. Stop looking to the left or to the right. Hear the voice of God behind you saying, this is the way, step in it. This is the way I'm sending you. Just let me do it. Cut the ropes and let go. And let me drive you to where you need to be. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Father, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you communicate way better than I can. Thank you, God, that your spirit is way stronger than me. And Lord, I pray today, God, that people today that are struggling, God, that are, that are, they feel like they're out in the middle of nowhere and nowhere to go. God, they feel secluded and isolated. Lord, that you would draw them to the place where you're sending them. God, that you would send a rescue boat out to them. That they've been drifting far too long. And God, that you would drive them to the shores of your grace and your mercy. God, I pray for those right now that that are just stuck in this season where they, where they don't feel like they're useful, where they don't feel like they can be used by you, God, that you would show them that no matter where they're at, even if they're shipwrecked, that you can use them and that there's a reason for where they are. God, I thank you right now, Lord, for these people in this place right now, God, that you're sending. Holy Spirit, would you guide them today? Would you show them what you want in their life? Let us listen to your voice, Lord. That's saying, here is the way. Here's the way. I'm right here with you. <laughs> you are mine. If we could hear God say that, you are mine. We love the one to whom we belong, and that is Jesus Christ. You are his. And nothing will stop that. Nothing will take away the love of God in your life.